Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at Supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Graham Potter, the new Chelsea boss, uh, formerly the Brighton boss, uh, talking ahead of the game against FC Salzburg tomorrow morning at New Zealand time, his first game in charge. And joining us to talk about that and a few other things is Adam Virgo, a man who played professional football, had two stints at Brighton and Hove Albion, in fact. Uh, it's where he started, and uh, he joins us now to talk about Graham Potter, the move to Chelsea. And I'd imagine Brighton are close to your heart, Adam. Uh, bit, sweet hearing that. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, I think the fans have really grown a, a close affiliation with Graham because of the work that he did to to transform the club into a side that was just about staying in the league under Chris Hewton, playing a certain style of football, which as, as a fan wasn't necessarily the best to watch. It was quite defensive. A lot of games was without possession and, and sitting deep and trying to win the game in the last 15 minutes where Graham has... You know, slowly changed the philosophy of the way that Brighton wants to play, and you know the recruitment that he's gone into in terms of trying to find players in in different leagues that not necessarily are household names, but they come in. He works with them, he develops them. You know, Mark Kukurei is probably the, the best example of that um, to, to develop players, and then Brighton sell him on for for a decent fee. But players come and go, and you know, there's, there are players out there that you can try and bring in to kind of fit into the mould and fit back into the jigsaw of players that have been sold. But when you lose a manager that's kind of built that identity, built that philosophy on and off the field, then they are not easy to go and find. And I think Brian have found themselves in a difficult situation because they need to go and find someone that has the same ideas and philosophy as Graham, but then also the timing of it. I think it's probably very, very difficult for Brighton at this time. Yeah, it is. I mean, the, the timing of it with a World Cup too in the middle of a, of a weird, weird old season that we, we're dealing with. Um, I mean, it feels to me, watching, watching Brighton over the last couple of seasons, that they've got a lot right off the park. And yeah, while he, Graham was a massive part of that, there, there are other people in there, the structure that they have got, it, this might not be uh, the death knell, if you like, that it might be for some other clubs. I mean, we've seen Bournemouth come up, and when it didn't go right for Eddie Howe, everything else kind of fell apart there. But it feels like Brighton's a bit more stable. Yeah, I mean, Paul Barber's chief executive of the football club has worked very, very hard. He's been at Tottenham, so he knows the, the development of of clubs off the field, the marketing. Uh, Tony Bloom, the chairman, a lifelong Brighton fan, kind of brought the club from Dick Knight back in, I think, early 2000s. And, but then just all of a sudden, built everything was timed right. And, the, you know, the main thing they got right was getting the training ground into place. Brighton now have arguably got one of the best training facilities in the Premier League. The youth structure... Um, there's a lot more apparent of a of a guideway to progress through to that first team. They took a very similar mould to what Barcelona used in terms of the youth setup of the youth players training at the training grounds. And the way they even they set up the pitches is that you start at under 11s and you work your way up and the top pitch 
ends up being the first team pitch. So there's kind of a structure of the way that they've done that um, at the training grounds. Stability is absolutely everything for, for clubs in the Premier League. Stability is important for clubs all over the world. And if you don't have that structure off the field then it's very, very difficult to build something. You only have to look at someone like Manchester United who are spending an abundance of money on players season after season, but they don't have the structure of the identity of players. And I think that's where Brighton have um, come into play really, really well. I mean, they've sold almost £160 million worth of players. Ben White went to Arsenal last season for £50 million. Yves Basuma went to Tottenham um, pre-season. And Mark Cookadeau, if you'd have said that 18 months ago to Brighton fans, that they, they probably would have just hit behind the sofas for the rest of the season because they'd have been so worried and nervous about losing those players. But Brighton have a clear identity of how to p- replace players quite quickly. Um, but now Graham's gone into a completely different scenario at Chelsea where a chairman looks to be seen to make a statement, spending a lot of money on players, and then end up sacking Thomas Tuchel after only five and six games, which I think to many people um, didn't really make a lot of sense, despite a couple of bad performances and that bad result in Europe. But Graham is a manager that builds sides, and you have to go with that philosophy. And you, I mean, Brighton this se- last season to come the new year, I think, Graham won three games in 16. They lost six in a row, but Brighton still felt that the way that they were playing and the direction they were going they would see the results and the rewards. And that's what they've seen towards the back end of last season and the start of this season. I think Chelsea fans are just have to be patient for Graham to start you know, using his identity in the way that he wants to implement on the side. It's interesting that Todd Bowley doesn't strike me as a particularly patient man, but he has given Graham a five-year deal. Uh, that suggests that he sees it as being a bit more of a project. But I guess from Graham's point of view, it's going to be more difficult and that he will have to be tuning out results. This is a, a whole different ball game uh, running Chelsea. Yeah, I think so. I think I think the thing that Graham has in his favour, I know time's not always on your side as a manager, but I think he'll be given two transfer windows because probably a lot of those players that have come into the football club under Thomas Tuchel, you know, he may not have wanted. I'm, the way that I've seen Graham sign players, you know, Abamyang wouldn't have been a player that I know that he would have gone for. You know, I think there's just certain players in the in, in the signings that Chelsea have made this season. I don't think are Graham Potter players, but this is where Graham wants the challenge. He's been working with good players, and now he's working with elite players. But I think what Todd Bowley's looked at is the identity of Brighton and how they've become aside from the Championship into the Premier League, and how they've built a structure and an identity, and I think Chelsea are maybe looking at that, because you can be successful at Chelsea under the old ownership, and still win the league and get the sack, I mean that's just the way things were, that you know Roman Abramovich wasn't really a patient person but Todd's made this decision but you can't bring Graham in for 8 to 12 months if things don't go right, listen if they're fighting relegation and they're fifth from bottom then that's a totally different scenario, but I don't think Chelsea will be in that position, but it may be a two transfer window policy that Graham will certainly need to go in maybe next season that you'll probably see the results and and the way that they want to play. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the players that he may want to sign or players that he might not have wanted to sign. Um, We'll talk about Obama Young in a minute. how awkward you've been! You 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 may have been there. I don't know. As a, as a player, you you shift clubs. Uh, you've obviously kind of put your your stake in the ground and said, "No, I definitely want to move." It might not be popular at where you've been. You go to this other club, then the coach gets sacked, and your old coach comes in. I mean, Kukurea is going to be a bit sheepish around the the training park, isn't he? You'd, you'd think. Yeah, I mean, I think I think just the way that it, it, it all ended, I think it was just a little bit sour for. Um 
for Mark and, and the way that he left the club. The club gave him a five-year contract. He signed it. You know, he he was progressing really well as Brighton kind of came out. I think the thing he came out and said he wanted to stay, you know, he didn't want to leave. And then all of a sudden when Manchester City started to become involved and when Chelsea started to become involved, that attitude changed very, very quickly. And I think his head was turned very quickly. And I think, you know, Brian were at a stance. I think 50 million was offered. They said no. Um, then they've kind of gone into the 60s with add-ons. So Brighton, at the end of the day, have got a very, very good deal out of it. Um, I think when you come out publicly as a player sometimes and you criticise a manager for the philosophy or the way that you're treated, I mean, like Fafana, for instance, the way that he left Leicester, you know, there was a statement that came out on his behalf having a big, big dig at Brendan Rodgers. Um, but Brendan spoke to the player and it almost seemed like that it wasn't him, it was his representatives. So there was a communication there that if Brendan ended up going to Chelsea, I don't think that would have been a, a breakdown in communication. But I have seen players before say things and a <laughs> manager's gone and, you know, I speak to players all the time and I say the one thing you should never do is just cross paths with the manager and say the wrong thing because you just never know when your paths are going to cross again. And um, But listen, Mark's an excellent player. Chelsea have invested heavily in him. Graham knows how to get the best out of him as a wing-back and as a left-sided centre-half in a three. Um, So I'm sure the conversations would have been had by now that they'd have shaken hands on it um, and and they'll move on because the the professionals are there to do a job um, and and you can't afford to, to look back too far and sort of still hold grudges or hold things against players and managers. I know it's probably a little bit hard to feel so, too sorry for Pierre uh, Emerick Young given the way he he left Arsenal uh, and the and the money that he's obviously been on there at, at Barca and now at Chelsea. But you know to be wooed by your former coach in Thomas Tuchel to come to leave Barcelona to come to Chelsea feels like he's going to maybe not quite build the team around you, but you are going to be the centerpiece of his strike force. Uh, you get sixty minutes under him and then he's gone. Uh, that that's got to be tough as a player. Yeah, I mean, I know I know Aubameyang and, and Tuchel had a really, really close relationship at, at Borussia Dortmund. Um, it's clear to see that the availability of players that were available to Thomas at that time, I think there was an element of trust that he needed because Lukaku had gone, Werner had gone. And I think sometimes when you go out there, sometimes as a manager, you just need to look at a player of an, of an identity to say, can I trust him in the final third? And, you know, Arsenal fans have seen what Aubameyang has done. He's gone to Barcelona. I mean, the age thing is always going to be a concern, but I think for for, for that situation, it, I think you'd be slightly disappointed because, you, you know, you uproot your whole family to come from Spain back to England. You, you're looking for a, a new start again in the Premier League with Chelsea. You play 60 minutes and then your manager's gone the next day. So, um, but listen, he'll have the chance and opportunity. Chelsea don't really have too many other options around in that centre-forward area. Borja is another one who was on loan last season at Southampton. So he, he's going to still be the number one player. And, and we've seen what Graham did with Danny Welbeck this season at Brighton, an injury-plagued player, a player with experience, not necessarily an abundance of pace. But I think the one thing that I think Chelsea will see is an element of continuity, the way that Brighton played to bring the centre-forward into play in terms of not necessarily doing too much running, but you have quality players around him. And I, and I think Graham will still get a good tune out of Aubameyang. Yeah, I mean, how it also brings up the, the question of given that Lukaku's at Inter Milan for a year on loan and they paid what a hundred million for him, um, is he a type of player you can see Graham Potter being able to work with, or do you think Lukaku was done at Chelsea? I, listen, I think the interview that he gave our season, I think, was always going to be an element of a sticking point. But that was under the old regime. That was under the old ownership. So things have changed. I, I did Lazio versus Inter Milan this season for BT Sport, who I work with. And, 
you know, Lukaku just seems happier in Italy. He seems the style of um, City at, suits his style of play. He's got a great relationship with Tano Martinez up front. We saw the abundance of goals that he scored in that last season at Inter Milan um, before he made that move to Chelsea. Just never seemed to quite settle. And then once he'd done that interview, there seemed to be a breakdown of communication with the, with the manager and the club and above all the fans. But listen, Graham... I mean, I don't know if people know this, he's got two degrees. I think one of them is in psychology. And I think that's one of the areas that, you know, Lewis Dunk, who's at Brighton, I speak to on a regular basis. Um, you know, he said his man management is absolutely superb, Graham Potter. So the way that he talks to players, the way that he communicates with players. And listen, you spend that amount of money on a player, you're going to have a communication with him to say where you're going to stand at. You know, Graham may feel it's best for the club for, for Lukaku to move on and, and be done with it. But if he feels that he can play a place, he'll be given an opportunity and a chance like everybody else, really. But I think he just needs to go to Inter, play this season regularly, and then Chelsea hopefully will get back a player full of confidence. If not, then I'm sure an agreement will be made for him to move back to Inter um, after a season. The uh, the challenge, of course, ahead of Graham tonight is, uh, to, or tonight your time, tomorrow morning hours, is FC Salzburg. They come to Stanford Bridge, so I guess, uh, you know, all eyes will be on him. It's quite nice to be at home. But Salzburg are a team that will cause problems. Uh, I know they play in the Austrian system, but, man, they score goals. They seem to have goals everywhere in that team, and they, they've caused teams problems the last two years in Europe. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be... Um teams that you come at. I mean, you see Ajax last night um, in terms of the way that they, they gave Ch- oh, sorry they gave Liverpool a good game. Um, you saw Tottenham going down to um, Sporting sport Lisbon last night in, in Portugal. That, that, there's that category three of teams that are going to be very, very difficult to play against and, and Salzburg are going to be um, in terms of that. I mean, they've got goals going forward. I think there's Benjamin Sesco, Fernando's a player that scored goals this season. Um, I think Okafor is another one that's their top goal scorer. So they've got three players up front that can score goals. Um, and we know Chelsea this season have been a little bit um, defensively unsettled in terms of the personnel um, that he wants to play. Thomas Tuchel, they just didn't seem defensively very, very solid. So this is a difficult game for Graham to come up against because you're still trying to find a balance. You're still trying to find um a team, and with the postponement of the Premier League this weekend in England, um, he's probably just had that little bit more time to, to work with um, the players on the training field. But this is not an easy game at all. This is a very, very tough game for Chelsea, and Chelsea are, are low on confidence. And Graham has to go in there and I feel build them up quite quickly. And you know, I've heard in England that there's an element sometimes of a manager that's not necessarily managed at the highest level with the highest players. And I think there still will be that question mark of Graham Potter. I know he's worked with Ostenstad in um, in Europe in terms of the Europa League qualification, but now you're at a Champions League side that would certainly be expecting to be, not necessarily challenging to be obvious winners, but certainly in with a chance that if you get the right draw and things go right for you, that Chelsea, as we saw a couple of seasons ago, can still win this competition. There are still quality players in that. So there'll be an element of Graham being looked at. But I think Chelsea fans will clearly see tonight, even in a short period of time, that there'll be an implement of a Graham Potter side implemented already. But it's going to be a very, very tough game um, against uh, Salzburg. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be a great test for Graham Potter. Hey, Adam, thanks very much for giving us some time, mate. I really appreciate it. Go well in, uh, and good luck with the calls over the next few days with our old mate Adam Summerton. 
Yeah, no, thanks very much, guys. Take care. Cheers. Uh, there we go. Uh, talking football with Adam Virgo, one of the BT Sports commentators and former Brighton player.